Welcome to Just James's podcast. Scooby Doo Doo, Wobbly Wow, Billy Mariah, Wow, 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 with Thomas, definitely not Timothy. Yeah! Nailed it! Hello, everybody! Welcome back to Just James! It's your host, James. I have my beautiful plant. My co-host, my buddy, my friend, my plant, Thomas. He is the brains behind this operation, the prettiest boy in the world. And the, what else can I say about him? He's spectacular. So welcome back everybody to all my regulars. Welcome, welcome to anybody new. This is the madhouse. This is the, the place of mayhem if you want to call it that it's just me and my beautiful plant and i talk about all the crazy things in my life and this week the last couple of weeks i've been literally screaming through on a wednesday with the podcast not prepared not ready literally just not living my best life and guys you'll never guess this week i'm on the ball it is freaking monday for me i'm very proud of myself i've just put a tesco's order through for all my groceries that i need i sat with cookbooks and planned out my week of cooking if i'm gonna eat it all who fucking knows but i'm doing it and i am a functioning adult grown-up person this week can you believe it i need a medal look it is monday i mean this could all go downhill by wednesday when you guys actually listen to this podcast but for right now i am on the ball i'm doing well i'm watered i'm fed and i'm functioning so that's happening what is going on i didn't even like wet my bed or get up on the wrong side of the bed i don't know what happened to me but i seem to be organized this week i've had a very busy day very busy work day But I feel good for it, you know. I feel like I've had a great week. I feel like I've done well this week and I feel organized. I feel like everything's going well. So I think I need to touch a piece of wood. I'm touching the top of my forehead because I don't think there's anything in there besides wood. And let's just hope that this like streak of being a grown-up lasts. So we shall see. Very sadly, the station that I could hear a train going past now. And I know you guys sometimes comment that you can hear the trains. Um... I do live quite close to a train line and um, unfortunately somebody jumped on the train line today and it's like hurt my heart a little bit all day Um, and I've thought about it most of the day. I'm really sad for that person so I hope that person's family and friends are okay tonight. Um, You know, losing somebody in such a tragic way, it's really sad. It's really, really sad. Um talking about sad things so I had a personal incident happen in our family today my I've got two brothers two younger brothers my middle brother is getting married in sometime don't know anyway he's getting married and my youngest brother is the best man which is such a lovely thing to do and I think my baby brother is extremely proud and excited to be given the opportunity to be the best man Now, my brother has a friend who, between you, me, and the door pass, I can't stand the wanker. Like, I really don't like him. Um, Actually, I don't think it's between us. I'll fucking tell him to his face. I can't stand the wanker. Like, I honestly can't. I think he's chauvinistic. I think he's arrogant. I think he is 
bit of a prick and I don't understand why my brother hangs out with him. But each to their own. You're allowed to be friends with who you want to be friends with. My brothers might not particularly like a friend of mine. It's none of their business. It's my friends, people that I connect with and vice versa. It's none of my business who my brother wants to hang out with. Anyway, this young boy has been trying to weasel his way into the best man position and wanted to be best man, pushed to be best man. And my brother was like, don't worry, you could be a groomsman instead, but baby brother is best man, which I think is really lovely. Anyway, so baby brother has been planning the stag do. We call it a stag do in the UK. I don't know what it is, bachelor party, I suppose. Um, And... He's been planning it and he kind of said to Alex, back off. This is my thing. I want to plan it because Alex was like trying to take over the Hindu, um, the Hindu, the stag do plans. So my brother was like, back off, back off. It's my planning. I'm going to put something together. When I'm ready, I'll come back to everybody with plan, pricing, deposit needed, etc., 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 which my brother's been diligently planning in the background. Now today... He was finally ready to put it onto the little group chat. And he was like, yay, boys, I'm ready. This is what I want to do. This is how much it's going to cost. Where are we going to go? This is the deposit that needed. I just need numbers so we can book. And all the boys started coming back to my brother being like, sorry, mate, I'm going to Alex's one. Sorry, mate, I've already booked Alex's one. And this wanker of a boy has gone ahead and planned a second bachelor party, stag do, not included my baby brother, had all the boys already pay for flights and deposits and hotels and all of this because he's taking them all to Prague and excluded my baby brother from the plan. So now my baby brother, who is the best man and who is planning the stag do, none of the boys are coming to his one now. And I'm so hurt and so angry for him. And he was trying to get hold of my brother because I don't think my brother was even aware of it. I think it was a case of they were going to kidnap him and blindfold him and take him to the airport and fly him off to destination. He doesn't know where he's going. Um, but of course, my baby brother's now gone. I'm telling you now, let him be the best man. I'm not coming to the wedding. So I've dug my heels in going, if he's not the best man and he's not planning the stag do, I'm not going. So there's so much fucking drama behind this wedding but I think I have to stand behind my baby brother and be like, this is really not right that this boy has gone behind his back. He's taken, he's so adamant that he wants to be the best man that he's actually jeopardizing and taken away something so special to my brother that my brother has been working so hard on. My little heart is so hurt for him. I'm so annoyed for him. And like I phoned my mom, I was almost in tears. I got my mom involved because who doesn't get the mother bear involved in something like this? And my mom was like, I'm going to phone my middle brother and I'm going to get to the bottom of this because this isn't right. And I was like, yeah, mommy bear, you go, you go, go, moo, go. So I believe that my brother has now phoned this boy and basically told him to wind his fucking neck in and like stop making plans. Um, But whether it actually... um, concludes to my brother not getting his little stag do I really don't know the outcome so I'll keep you guys posted but be angry with me because we're big sisters we're going to protect our baby brothers and we're just big bears at the moment and my just heart is so broken that somebody has taken something so special that my brother was planning away from him and I just don't think it's right I just don't think 
that you do that to somebody that's been given a really important role and you bulldoze over them and take it away from them. It really, really doesn't, it really does make me upset. So um, I've just realized that the way I was uh, leaning forward because I was so irritated with the story, I think the jumper that I'm wearing might have been uh, rubbing on the microphone. So if it was, if you did hear like swooshing noises, I do apologize. I didn't realize I was doing it. And as you guys know, I only do one take for my podcast. I don't uh, edit it. Everything I say is raw. It's just me. It's me sitting in my little housey, talking to you guys, telling you about my life and the things that I care about. So um, if there was some like scraping noises, I do apologize. It wasn't on purpose. So I've moved the microphone further away, so it should be better now. Uh, but what I thought of doing is since while we're on the topic of best man and, you know, being a best man is maybe let's look at the best man duties and like a guide to like what a best man does because I don't actually really know, you know, and you know from like the girl's side, not from the boy's side. So I thought that I would have a look at it. And, you know, I think becoming the best man is a really cool thing. You know, if you've, if you've been asked by the groom to be the best man, what does it actually entail? You know, if you're a close friend, if you're the groom's siblings, if there's a host of other reasons that you could be the best man, there is, it's a really cool responsibility that the groom has given you. And of course the groom needs may vary from wedding to wedding, but essentially you'll be their go-to and confidant throughout the whole engagement and the wedding. So your newfound job is pretty much a big deal. Absolutely no pressure. So typically you won't get involved much in the wedding planning, but the best man's duties includes a lot more of the planning of the stag do. <coughs> Um, you help choose the best man's attire, you give a best man's speech at the reception, and you keep the wedding ring safe for the big day, among other responsibilities. So it's easy if you if you sort of like have a little guide or like a SWOT of everything that you need to do and sort of have a look at like frequently asked questions and a checklist. There's so many of them online. You can very easily find them. If I manage to find this information, I'm pretty sure anybody else can. Um but the groom's best man is normally somebody that's very, very close to them. And the important thing is that the groom trusts them and relies on them throughout the wedding journey. And they see, you know, the groom's grandparents to the son, to everybody that they want. You know, it's it's an important role and it's a role that's that shouldn't be taken very lightly. So, you know, there's no real rules to being a best man. There's no like, this is what you have to do. This is what you have to have done. But um, can you have two best men? Absolutely. The groom might have a hard time choosing between two friends or relatives. And in that case, it's perfectly acceptable to have more than one people. In my brother's case, it's not. He's chosen my brother and my brother only. And that's the end of. And I wish that this boy would back the fuck off and leave my brother to just be the best man. But, you know, it can actually benefit the parties if there's more to do, especially if there's a lot of duties and stuff. If the bride's made it a really intricate wedding, sometimes having two best men would really help. But, you know, in most cases, there's specific tasks that can clearly be given to one specific person. Does the best man have to do a speech? You know, more. I think more often than not, yes. But I think it also depends on the style of your wedding. You know, if, if it's a wedding that, that involves a lot of speeches, then absolutely it's something that they can have. Uh, they can go and have a, a special speech done for them. You know, often funny jokes and and reminiscing about things that the that the groom has done is always a really funny way to do it but you know there's there's room to do whatever you want to do and if you have to be a best man you know do what suits you best so 
Some of the best man duties before the wedding would be helping to choose the suit. So one of the best man's duties is suit shopping and, you know, assisting the groom with the ushers and sort of making sure that everybody gets the right outfits and um, helping the groom himself choose the best attire for the day. So that's always a, a really good duty for them. And the best man should discuss with the groom whether the groomswear will be bought or hired. And traditionally the couple pay for the wedding suits, but then it's decided if there's a financial contribution towards the best men and the ushers, it's it's up to um, the wedding couple, I suppose. Uh, you know, it's up to them to get acquainted with the ushers. So the groomsmen um, need to be aware of who the ushers are and what their duties are so that he can sort of tell them what to do on the day and sort of like make sure everybody's in place before the wedding march starts. And as the wedding date sort of approaches, they'll need to make sure that the ushers know what they need to be and what they're doing and what time they need to be there. It's his responsibility to, to look after them uh, and sort of any last minute suit fittings as well. You also might want to chat to the maid of honor if there is one and say there's useful things you could be handy and useful on the day. Um, you know, if, for example, if they need umbrellas, if there's bad weather and things like that. Um, sometimes the groom helps plan the admin side of it. So the best man's not always expected to pitch in much for the wedding planning duties, but um, the best man can always offer to help out as well. You can support the groom with any admin he needs to do, like buying the wedding rings and getting quotes for entertainment supplies, writing of the speeches, uh, help with finer details, offering to set things up, move furniture, direct supplies in the morning of the wedding so they're not going to the wrong areas. Of course, plan the stag do. I'm not even going to go into the stag do anymore because I feel like I've said enough on it. Um, but it is their duty to arrange that. And then write the best man speech is always the great thing. And then they can coordinate the groom's gifts to the groom. So it isn't compulsory, but it might be nice to present the groom with a gift from his groomsman on the morning of the wedding. You know, chat with the ushers and the stags and see if anybody would like to put in some money towards it. You know, whether it be like a vintage bottle of, bottle of scotch or some personalized ha um, handcuffs, <laughs> cufflings, um, was a really nice touch sometimes. Um, so yeah, and I suppose that's probably everything I could think of, you know, oh, keeping the rings safe. That's another thing they need to do. So they stay over with the groom as well. They help set up on the day, stay over with the groom. Uh, they help the groom get ready on the day of the actual wedding. They keep the rings safe for the groom, uh, meet the guests and stand with the groom at the, at the altar. If there's a reading that gets given in the, um, in the church, they can give a reading, uh, stand in the reception line with, um, with everybody and be the master of ceremonies if they, if that, if that suits them, uh, and then give a speech as well. So, and then after the wedding, I think the best things for them to just take care of the groom's attire, you know, if the groom takes off his coat or his, um, tie or bow tie or whatever the case may be is to look after that. Um, and I would say sort of the top five tips for the best man is set up a group chat with a message with a messaging thing for you know the ashes and all the stuff that has to be done so kind of behind the, the groom's back a little bit so that he doesn't have to worry about any of those things make sure um you complete you know you do the make sure the running of the day goes smoothly to help out uh practice your speech make sure that's all done pace yourself you know don't get too nervous about trying to help out or have too much champagne and sort of like get really drunk before the you know before the wedding even starts and then look after the groom I think that's most importantly that's that's the role you know look after the groom make sure that they they're well wished and celebrate and they had a very wonderful day 
and you just made it seem like it went off seamlessly for them. I think that's a really, really good way to, to handle it. Um, so I'm not going into too much detail. Um, got to spend a bit of time with um, my partner's family this weekend. And um, it's, I don't really want to talk about it, but I just thought one of the things that would really help a lot with meeting parents for the first time um, and it's an important milestone. So I thought maybe it would be something to talk about because I'm sure there's some people out there that are also like meeting other families and things. Um, and it's always a great idea to, um, you know, know what, know what to expect and know what to do with first impressions. And, you know, first impressions really do matter. So, you know, I suppose first impressions matter so much as, as what like people, you know, say of them. So if you're worried about making a good impression and sort of like being meeting, if you're meeting the parents for the first time, for example, um, you know, you also don't want it to be like a rocky start and then there's like a, a dent in the relationship sort of thing. So remember, it's all about um, that. It's about all of you. So I think, you know, most people worry about their partner's impressions, um, the impressions of everybody has about you and remember that the occasion is also about you you know it's not just about them this meeting is a valuable opportunity to learn about your partner and learn about um you know about their family a little bit much more so pay attention to their mother's mannerisms you know how they treat each other no matter what the current state of the parents relationship is i think parents influence is a very powerful thing in a relationship so if you can learn about your partner from their family's perspective I think it's a really great way to kind of see what type of person they are you know if you if you're new into a relationship as well and you haven't been dating for a very long time it could also help you maybe see the red flags that you can't see when you're in this little bubble of a new relationship you know if you're if their family are constantly talking about you know everything that that person does wrong or you know if they've got a gambling habit or drug habit or I don't know what habit they might have um, you know, maybe you'll see that a little bit quicker and be honest with yourself, you know, is there things that you consider positive, there's things that might deter you, and it might give you a little bit of clarity to um, evaluate your bond with that partner and stay in the same sort of page moving forward. So, you know, it will help you maintain perspective. It's, you know, if um, if families do like I think you always have to know if a family like run a 5k every Saturday morning and you're a couch potato or you know you're you run 5ks every morning and they're all couch potatoes I think you have to look at like the dynamics of how you're going to get along with that family um and you know if if it's a serious committed relationship you're going to spend your life with that person you kind of need to know the people that you're going to be spending Christmases with and family time with and really important things with so you know, you have to like look at the uniqueness of, of family dynamics and situations and realize how much you don't know. So, you know, when you meet somebody for the first time, you know, you're not always guaranteed to get along with everybody, but learning something new about your partner. So remember that families have decades of history together, inside jokes, embarrassing stories and detailed acknowledgements of each other. So it work hard not to react to anything you hear this is likely content that your partner will explain to you later. And there's a chance that the jokes and stories that might sound harrowing and horrible are just something that you just don't know the background behind. So sometimes take a, take a risk of 
waiting to learn a little bit more about stories before you jump to conclusions as well. And be there with your partner. You know, most folks resort to humor to cut nervous tension and families pretty much exist to share embarrassing stories. So some families will include nosy or malicious mind and, you know, they might just sort of like pry and push for information. But remember, that's all part of the first time meeting and you won't be teasing your partner or embarrassing them, um, you know, if if you don't know the, the background and the history behind it. So, um, you know, c- cut the parents some slack, you know, that you might be nervous or excited or stressed or eager or, you know, have so many emotions under the sun. But you'll probably say something you wish you could take back or blurt out a joke that isn't funny or drop your napkin or, you know, do things that you might feel embarrassed for. But just take a deep breath. Relax. Don't judge any more than you wish to be judged. And just remember that people are, these people are important to your partner. So it might take a few meetings to realize that your partner is amazing and your best friend is, is the great and hanging out with and the dog you've adopted is the right pet for you. Same with parents. You know, sometimes it just takes time. So have a gift in hand and a kind word on your lip is always a great way to do it. So no matter what you're doing, where or when, what time of day, whatever season, never arrive empty handed. But whether it just be like a bottle of wine or bouquet of flowers, just bring something along. So, um, you know, just give something to the mother. Sometimes that's really nice. Uh, Give a present directly to her. And, you know, not only do classic rules of etiquette dictate presenting the hostess with a gift, but it's also valuable, like, family goodwill in a way. So it sort of points at gaining of, you know, courting the mother's favor. You know, if you might not know what her taste is or if any food allergies. So sometimes just a bouquet of flowers would be a really good thing. And if you have a really tight budget, then just bake something or make something just so that it seems a bit more from the heart in a way. Um, and reciprocate you know do the parents pick up the tab of the evening or welcome you to their home then I would say reciprocate and host them the next time or treat them to a meal or experience the next time Uh, you know even if you don't have a lot of money you can do small things to just show that you you really valued what they did for you Uh, and it can go a really long way you know even if they just you just have them over to your house for a cup of tea it does go a long way um, and you'll probably find the second meetings a little bit more relaxed, and especially if you're home turf or um, sometimes it's a bit more on your terms, and try and enjoy it as much as you possibly can, you know. Try and take in some information about your partner and, and try and enjoy it as much as you as you can in such, in you know, in an awkward, awkward circumstances. You can assume that you're going to be spending a lot more time with that person for the rest of your lives together, so... You might as well start on a good, clean, fresh slate there. So I hope that helps. Um, I ha- I rent. I, I don't own property. I'm a small fry in London. And I have my little flat inspection on Wednesdays. So this week I've been on it. I mean, look, my place is spotless. It really is. I'm an extremely tidy person. I've said this so many times on my podcast. Uh, but, you know, there's also things that I only do like quarterly or you know every six months and I've had construction workers working inside my flat so there's a lot of dust and debris on the windows so I've like been cleaning windows I clean up the bottom of my cupboards and I straighten up all my shoes I clean up my hallway cupboard I clean up my junk drawer um you know I've been wiping down walls and floors and tables and ceilings and just like you know just making it really like 
Also, it was a good opportunity to do so before summer kicks in and it's just like a nice spring clean before, well, I suppose we are in spring. So proper spring clean I did. Um, so I've been like proper cleaning my housey and then of course my, my inspection is on Wednesdays. So uh, things I just thought, I sort of looked at what things you could really do to guide myself in like preparation. I mean, I've I've lived here for four years, so it's not like um three years, sorry, not four. It's not like my um my my like they haven't seen my place before, but I I'm just like getting extra tidy this time. I don't know why. So anyway, rental inspections can be really stressful. You know, if you if you're uncertain about the expectations of the rental inspection inspection. 35% of residents in the U.S. live in rented properties. So going through a rental inspection is very normal. I have one every six months. It's mandatory. I can't get out of it. They do it, like, no matter what. So they check the smoke detectors. They check the um, carbon monoxide detector. They check every room. They make sure everything's working nicely. And then they sort of head off the in and out in 10 minutes, done and dusted. But I think if you do have pets, I don't. I have plants. I have Thomas. Uh, but if you have pets, is maybe leave them in a friend's place. You know, pets have a natural instinct and aversion to strangers. And sometimes, when when you're nervous of an inspection, or if you know the inspector's coming in and they're like slightly more aggressive because they're looking for faults, it could really affect your animals as well. So they identify with people that come on a regular basis. They could potentially like hiss or bark or growl. Um, and it might disrupt the whole rental inspection process. So I would just pop them off at a friend, let the inspectors come in, do their thing, and the dogs can come back another time. You know, it doesn't have to include your animals as well. And I think sometimes it just gives them more peace of mind when they come in and there's not like chaos. I think if they, because Murphy's Law, they'll come in in a moment where it's absolute seething chaos and then you're trying to explain that it's not normally like this and they don't believe you. So sometimes just taking everybody out, take the kids to your friends, take the pets to the friends and just sort of like let the inspection happen quietly and calmly. Um, I would try and make an effort to tidy, you know, you make your bed, you know, maybe wipe a floor down, you know, just, just so that the landlord feels that they're comfortable with you renting their property and vice versa. You know, you don't want to lose the place to someone else because you haven't taken good care of it and one of the steps you can do to taking good care of it is just showing that you have a little bit of pride sometimes and I'm not saying that down to anybody or you know judging anybody that is potentially not as tidy as I am but you know if you had dirty windows and mildew or, or mold and the carpets are stained and it's smelly and it smells like cigarettes in there I mean it's not going to impress an agent or a landlord and the fact that they're like allowing you to live in their property they want to ensure that their property is kept to the best standards so that when you do move out one day the next person will have a good home to come into and they don't have to put a lot of money into restoring a house that you've potentially maybe damaged slightly from from residing there I always think a good impression just a little bit of tidying a little bit of scrubbing of the carpet and you know pack all the beers cans away and clean the windows and tiles and you'll be surprised at how much it will let your landlord just let you stay for as long as you want um, highlight problem areas that need to be fixed by the landlord you don't have to take all the blame for property issues often it's wear and tear if there's structural damage to the apartment or like there's constant leaking of a shower head or a toilet or a loose fitted bulb socket 
anything like that, just bring it to the landlord's attention so they can repair it. And be careful to make sure these problems were not your fault in the first place. You know, if a landlord or agent finds out that the problem was your fault, you'll have to get it fixed. You know, for example, if the kitchen waste disposal unit is not effective and you brought it to their attention and then during that they realized that you like threw a Barbie doll down it and damaged it, you know, you've got to prove that it's not really your fault. Uh, don't let the green thumb go gray is another thing. So, you know, if you have a garden near the entrance or near the front porch, then make sure it's in good shape um, and that, you know, you've cut the grass and you've made it look tidy and nice for them because they would expect the tenant to maintain it. So you're the tenant, you're looking after the house, unless it's in agreement that the, that the landlord would hire a, um, a groundskeeper or a gardener for you, it would be entirely up to you to maintain and keep the, the garden nice and tidy and, and nice. Um, so, you know, I think keep yourself calm and composed when the landlord's coming in. You know, hopefully you have a good relationship with your landlord and you always hope that a landlord's not going to be greedy and ruthless and, you know, try and take money out of you and just sort of like not be good landlords. I mean, there are really shitty landlords out there, to be fair. I'm very fortunate that I've got a lovely one. But, um, you know, you kind of hope that you, you hit the jackpot and you have a nice landlord that will take good care of you. But who knows? My brother placed an order on Amazon today and I thought it was really cool. He did a Morrison's... Um, delivery on Amazon and for those of you guys not in the UK Amazon is like a supermarket it's like a sort of badly priced supermarket that we have here in the UK and they have it on Amazon now so my brother ordered like I don't know if I'm going to say 40 pounds just to round it off worth of groceries on Amazon through I mean through Morrison's through Amazon and literally within two hours had it delivered to his door and I thought that was so freaking cool I, I look I might be I might be like the last one to know this fact but I was quite impressed by it and I thought I'd give that as my review of the day I thought it was really cool you can actually buy groceries on Amazon now I might maybe the whole world knows this but me but I was super impressed with the fact so if you know this already like all right I'm sorry I didn't know it yet I'm sorry um but yeah so I was quite impressed with that so if you're looking for for delivery same day if sometimes the Deliveroo pricing can be quite high then just bypass them completely and go to amazon anyway so um yeah nobody got my conundrum last week i don't think you must even got it i know you were going to think about it um but yeah nobody got it so my conundrum was a man describes his daughter saying they are all blonde but two or brunette but two and all redhead but two how many daughters does he have the answer was three. He's got a blonde daughter, a brunette daughter, and a red-haired daughter. So um, I will try and make it a little bit easier this week. If you guys want to guess my conundrums, you can DM me on Instagram, which is just James Podcast, just underscore James underscore podcast. Uh, send me a DM and guess the conundrum. I might give you a shout-out on my podcast next week. Uh, so the conundrum is, what is so fragile that saying its name breaks it? What is so fragile that saying its name breaks it. So let me know what you think. I'm following the sweetest, most positive, most happy TikToker I've ever come across. It is a lovely lady named Dylan James Mulvaney. I'll spell it for you. It's D-Y-L-A-N-J-A-M-E-S-M-U-L-V-A-N-E-Y. He started off as a gentleman. Oh, sorry. I've just dropped my mic. Um, 
started off as a gentleman and then he became non-binary and now has made the transition to a girl. Now he calls himself a girl because he doesn't feel like he's he, or she is a lady yet. She feels that she's a girl because she's still learning every day to be a girl. And every day it's day one of being a girl, day two. She's on day 30 of being a girl now. And I just love her. She's so positive and so reassuring. And I'm so sorry I got the pronouns wrong. While I was trying to explain the story, I confused myself with, with the journey. And I do apolo- I completely apologize to Dylan if I did not mean to offend by calling her a he. And I do apologize Um I would hate to offend anybody um, with their pronouns. So I just love following her. She is so lovely. If you're looking for the most positive, happy TikToker in the world and her journey of becoming a girl, I would honestly recommend following her on TikTok. She's just incredible. And every TikTok I watch of hers makes me smile. She's just so happy and so positive. So I would highly recommend her. Uh, I'm not sure if she's on Instagram. I'm more of a TikToker these days than an Instagrammer these days. I don't know. I'm just kind of going through like a TikTok phase. So we'll see. I might eventually move to Instagram again, I'm sure. But guys, I hope you have a great week. You know, a successful man is one who lays a firm foundation with the bricks others have thrown at him. And I love that saying, you know, let's pick up those bricks that have been thrown at us. Let's build our own foundations. And let's have an amazing week, guys. Let's go be strong fierce beautiful people out there and i hope everybody has an absolutely amazing week and i can't wait to hear you all next week yeah you see you talk to you what am i talking about anyway everybody have a lovely week goodbye they're the two best friends that anyone can have they're the two best friends that anyone can have they're the two best friends that anyone can have just james and thomas the plant